Well, Pastor Michael, we're here for a restless Christmas greeting. We have eggnog poured. We literally have eggnog in front of us. I've been drinking some. So as we clear our throats <laughs> to wish you a Merry Christmas from Restless, you will know why. Yeah, normally when I drink things like tea or un- unmentionable adult beverages that really clean you out, instead this time I am drinking a delicious liquid, no doubt. It's fantastic. It really is good. And, but one that is basically the consistency of phlegm. And I, <laughs> there's no other way to go about it. It is horrible. Um so we are excited because we are going to be sitting down to record some of the 12 Days of Restless together in person. We're doing it in person because we have to. The 12 Days of Restless, this is a special Restless tradition. And so today is a day for a Restless Christmas greeting. However, there are some people who who may not be receiving this Restless greeting, those who are closing church on Christmas. Now, what's shocking, Pastor Michael, is this this became a point of debate, people talking about can your church do this? Is there ever a good reason to do this? Pastor Michael, as Reformed Christians, the primary value of us doing this is to say as a Reformed Christian, there is no there is no reason to cancel church on Christmas. Right, absolutely. Like it, it is. This is still the Lord's Day. It's still the day set aside for worship. It's still the day that Christ rose from the dead. And if anything— if anything, right, I know we've got some of our TR brothers out there who may say, why even care about Christmas, or something like that, or maybe they'd say something like, bah humbug, yep. <laughs> love you guys, we really do, um, but uh, like, if you care for Christmas at all, if you care for the this time of year, if you think this is a particularly important time to focus on, say, the incarnation, the birth of our Lord, you have more reason not to cancel, not more reason to cancel. Right. So what was shocking, though, is that the Gospel Coalition decided to point out, a, to put out a count, a counter, a point counterpoint articles on this issue because of Kevin DeYoung's article being circulated again. So they decided to put out an article about someone explaining why we canceled Christmas. And this article has received pretty rough treatment uh, in general online. <laughs> and let me just say, completely, 100 percentedly deservedly so. Absolutely. Absolutely deserved it. I just read it like maybe two minutes ago. Yep. And it deserves it. It, it, de- de- <laughs> it deserves it. Because here are the two reasons it deserves it. I don't think it substantively makes an argument for why you would do this. Definitely not. There, There is no substance. There's no... Um, actual reason that we would consider legitimate, right? There's no, here's a theological reason, here's a biblical reason, here's some reason from the history of the church why we might want to do this. That's right. It's not even close. And and secondly, as Reformed Christians who believe Sunday is the Lord's Day, that we are commanded to worship God, this article is existing to like assuage the consciences of pastors who are sinning by canceling church. Right. I don't know of another I don't know I don't know of another way to put it other than this. Is there a more winsome way for me to put it? I know this is our this is our 
Winsome Winter. This is our Christmas greeting. I don't I love, know another way to put I it. Love, welcome to Winsome Winter. Welcome to a restless Christmas special. And you're sinning. I, <laughs> I just don't know another way to put it. Yeah. No, I I mean, I think it's a legitimate thing to say, right? To to close church um, simply because it would be um, difficult, right? And it, this is even saying like, hey, it's Christmas Day and there was a snowstorm Correct. that makes it – like we're in Wisconsin, right? I don't know where all these guys are from that are saying we should – close down our churches. But here in Wisconsin, there are times we've had snowstorms that make us say, we're actually going to cancel church, um, especially at our church. We we have people that come from a very far distance, um, and it's not possible for people to safely travel. And so we've done that before, for instance, but almost never. And it is it is a, a very difficult decision to make, right? That's It's not unless we are absolutely certain that we need to do this for the safety of these people. That's right. And so what I would say is, I guess you would probably have to attempt to make an argument that your church, for some reason, Christmas Day would cause you to be providentially hindered, like a snowstorm would, or like, and again, the I'm providentially hindered from joining in worship or our church from worshiping. That argument can be abused, no doubt. Oh, absolutely. But that at absolutely. least is— It's an argument. It is a biblical right? argument. The circumstances make it almost impossible for us to do this or maybe not be able to do it safely, and so for whatever reason, we now have to close. That is a possibility. It's at least reasonable. It's reasonable to get into that discussion. Right. But, Matt, tell me, is that the reason given? No, no, no. So there's there's what a, what's the name of the article by the way? The Did article we... is called "Why Our Church Canceled Christmas Day Services," and you can find one. Um, and it is almost directly, "Hey, Kevin DeYoung said this." It says, "I nor I am not normally one to refuse the advice of Kevin DeYoung." That yeah. is the so opening line out that way. of the article. This article was written because readers of TGC who are canceling their church services are like, "Well, I want to do this, but." <laughs> I don't like But Kevin DeYoung said I shouldn't. But Kevin DeYoung said I shouldn't. And so this is – so all I can say is Merry Christmas to you. Please go to church tomorrow. Go find a church. Go to church tomorrow. And there are plenty of churches you could go to. Here's the other thing, by the way. This is – maybe we can get into this um, as we go. But the guy who wrote this article says one of the reasons is because he has a small church plant. Yep. And most of the people are going to be gone. This is his first reason. So the context, everyone, let's take a moment. Let's understand – Churches exist in different contexts. Yes, absolutely. And so he says we have 100 people, and 80% are going to be traveling away. Right. Okay, well, number one, just going to throw this out there. That means that there's still 20 people that could meet, and that is perfectly adequate to join together and worship God. So that's one thing. Yep. But actually what just came to my mind, too, is that I I actually could understand if a small church plant would say, hey, we actually— it makes sense for us not to hold our own Christmas Day service. Hmm. So we're going to join with this other church, or we're going to all go together mm. to another local church that we know of, that we've partnered with, that we're friends with, whatever it may be that's in our denomination. And we're all going to go there for Christmas because we know that most people are going to be gone. It's a way we can get to know some of this other church. I could see that as being a legitimate way to, to go forward with this. So what you're saying is— when you have a year to plan for church, that that possibly a combined church service, a combined a, a way of combining this, again, granting 
there might be difficulties. They say that their normal location isn't available, whatever. Again, here is the issue. Here is here's the really the problem with this this whole argument. Number one, apparently Jesus did not foresee church planting in Massachusetts when he like commanded us to worship every Sunday. Like he just didn't see it. Like, oh, I guess there's no way to do it. Again, 20 people don't know how big your house is. We're at the point where you can you also be in your house you absolutely or a could. church member's house if your house is even smaller. i mean 20 people i have met with 20 plus people in a very small living room before and it might be tight but there would be something actually very sweet about that probably very right. intimate right there are many house churches around the world matt you've done missions before that's right how many places in the world if you had 20 people would it be like Correct. this is we're doing this, well this is right a, this is of course the other sad thing like this idea is so rooted in this like american like Jesus basically really meant where we're more than 20 are gathered, I will be there. Like the yeah. church <laughs> all over the world is like, there are 20 of us to gather. Yep. After after a decade of doing this work. That's right. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Like pray, praise God that he is at work and we have 20 people that gather together. Yes. And so I – But not on Christmas. I mean not on Christmas. We have to open gifts. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, again, right, one of the other reasons is, you know, they mention like – you know, well, we live in a really secular city. So you, because again, they know the answer from like the missional people are like, well, what about visitors? Which it, I mean, Christmas is a time that a lot of, of people course. go to church that of don't normally go to do. church. Yes, of course they do. Because we still live in a society. We live in a society. <laughs> and we live in a society, <laughs> we live in a society where people still are like, oh, I should do that. Yep. But of course, in this very secular city, their neighbors are totally uninterested in a church. He literally – I know this sounds like we're straw manning the article. Right. But he literally says that where they are is so secular that they wouldn't have visitors anyway. Right. Which is such a – such an obviously unreasonable statement. Not because he might – not be correct that this Sunday they might not get anybody right. to visit, right? If you're a small church plant, it's very possible nobody knows about you. There's just nobody around, you know. Although if you have a hundred people, I mean that's a solid group of people. I'd be shocked if there's not people hearing about you from that hundred people, right? Right. Uh, but if your reasoning is well, nobody will come. You just you cannot even begin to know that, <laughs> right? Am I right? Oh, I mean, if no, you if you were right. in a tiny village where it was like, hey, we have a hundred people that come on a Sunday, and there's a hundred and two of us, right? And the other two people said, not a chance will I be there Sunday. You right. would still do it, right? Because they might be, right. <laughs> because it's Christmas morning, right. and people do that. But you're in Boston. <laughs> you are in Boston, oh, Metro my Boston, and again, and so I don't think those are good reasons. Now, <laughs> where the article really. And now let me just say that this also means this church has just said, hey, we – this church is literally allowing its worship. This is the concerning thing. Our worship is supposed to break me out of my beautiful Wisconsin environment, my American um, – you know, we're all worried about American Christianity, right? Yep. And worship is supposed to be what breaks me out of that. And having been around the world, I realized how much of – my Christmas celebration was based in American winter culture. Yeah. And those traditions aren't bad, but I realized 
that that control that that controlling ideal again is not a thing I share with Christians around the world. But what but what this is doing is it's doing the opposite. It's saying we literally are just our worship when we worship is, is dependent upon the, the secular, secular culture. culture. Yeah, which and is, he says this. He yeah. says this, by the way. This is, he, he doesn't say it in those terms and, necessarily, but he does say because the secular culture around us— They won't us, come. We're not going to have visitors. Come. There's Therefore, only 20 of us. there's no reason to do this. That's right. And why is he unconcerned about this? Because he says, just so you know, choosing to just not meet for one Sunday, we we don't think violates Hebrews 10.25, which says, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some— but encouraging one another and all the more as the day draws near. So he's convinced canceling church for one Sunday doesn't violate this verse. My question is, Pastor Michael, how many Sundays do you have to cancel a year before you violate Hebrews 10.25? Absolutely. And that is a great question because what is the limiting principle, right? And, And if he had given a biblical theological reasoning why he wasn't going to do this. Right. Then we would maybe say, okay, yeah, because of the the biblical theological circumstance that he's describing, we can reasonably expect that he's not planning to do this again. Right. But he literally said there might not be a lot of people. unbelievers, right, and a lot of our people are traveling. Our That's current why. venue is closed. Right. So, so those are some pretty small, <laughs> like those are some pretty easy hurdles to get over. Right. Right. Some of them are not hurdles. Yeah. Actually, two of them are not hurdles. Yep. Our venue is closed is a little bit of a hurdle. So you have to email it, – it, This it's this hurdle. You email your church in advance, and because you've planned this in advance, you tell them at church on For Sundays. Your one year. Your yep. one year of planning. Yep, because you've got – you know this is coming. Uh, you just tell them. Hey, we're gonna meet at my house in my living room for the service mm-hmm. on that Sunday. We're not worried about visitors. Yep. So me us meeting yeah. in my house is and not an issue. And if you know somebody that's looking to come to church, they can come to my living room yeah. and worship with us. That's great. Um that's so that hurdle jumped. Uh unbelievers might not come. Well, he says they definitely won't. No hurdle. Yep. That doesn't I mean that doesn't change anything. Easy to set up because there's not a lot of people. Yeah. So we are at a point when there is no limiting principle. And, and here's what's really fun. Tell me, do do those hurdles exist for New Year's Day? Do you think the public venue you have is closed for that holiday? Very do you think likely. your secular city's interested in going to church on New Year's Day after New Year's Eve? Right. I would say it's even less. It's <laughs> less likely. Yeah. And the only difference is maybe your there are less of your people traveling. That'd be the only thing. Yep. Now, he quotes again, he quotes Romans 14:5 through 7 where it says one esteems some days better than another while others esteem all days alike. Each should be fully convinced in his own mind. There let me these verses don't apply to this by the way, but why not just become an evangelical and say I don't believe in the Lord's day? We we gather on Sunday cuz it's convenient. I, I mean, this I don't get it. Just just leave it behind, um, as, and we'll see in a minute. But but this is this is the shocking one. So we all agree Christmas is a special day. That's the that's the surprising part. It's not just another Sunday. By the way, this is the exact reason the Covenanters and the early American Puritans were getting rid of Christmas. They were like, this literally, there are 
um, immoral parties going on to celebrate this, and this is getting in the way of worship. This is one of the precise reasons they did not like Christmas. Yeah, because it would end up with people saying, well, obviously this thing we've established takes precedence That's right. over the just ordinary means of grace worship that we have available to us. And this and this sentence is maybe, and this is their pull quote, and this is what's shocking. It says, whether your church decides to worship together on Christmas or not, honor the Lord in your decision. And this is the thing, right? So this is something that's been going around too. Honor Matt, the Lord in your decision. The difficulty here that many bring up, um, and I'm saying difficulty from certain perspectives, maybe not ours, is that you, Matt, are being a Pharisee oh, by yeah. saying that we have to meet in the, at this time. I know. And you don't want to be a Pharisee. That's right. And so how can you... How can you actually go about telling people they need to do this? Right. I'm convinced that me being a Pharisee one time of year doesn't. <laughs> Should I just use the same argument back? <laughs> like, you know, this is not very common, but this is the one line where I draw it. No, what I'm saying is that. The, <laughs> I like this, though. I like this. That, I can be a Pharisee one, one time, time a year. Yeah. And not even once a year. This is once every, what, that's, five years, six right. years? So the the issue is, is that do we have in the Bible, the command to meet. So one, we have the Ten Commandments to honor the Sabbath. So we have this command. We have the example in the book of Acts where we have the apostles and early church gathering on what they now call the Lord's Day for worship. Which was the day that Christ rose from the dead, which is Sunday. That's right. And then we have commands like in Hebrews and because we are Reformed Christians, we have all these commands into the into the back, right? We have Paul talking about the church in Corinth gathering on the first day of the week. Yep. We have, and we have all these commands for worship. We have commands for doing one another's. We have this discussion of the importance of the Lord's day. And so what I'm saying is, therefore, choosing not to worship God on this day as we would say is taught by the Ten Commandments, is exampled by the early church and the apostles, is assumed by what the church will be doing in the pastoral epistles. And it's when Paul, it's actually when John sees the resurrected Christ in the book of Revelation. We would say there is no possible way to honor the Lord by choosing not to worship on that day. I, I, I there's, And that that's that's why I'm not a Pharisee, because I'm saying, I'm not saying what you have to do. We've Pastor Michael has said, "Wow, I just thought of like five different things. Go join with another church. We, you know, there are other options. There right. are what other you, options. What we're is, small group at my home. Join yep. another church for that time. What we're what we're saying is the specific thing is we will cancel worship is so problematic. And of course, this article ends as so many of these kinds of TGC articles do. So let me end with a plea to church members: support your pastors." And make their leadership over you a joy, right? Because what this article really exists to please do— Please don't be mad at me. Please, please. don't complain. <laughs> don't don't listen to the Restless Podcast and then say, hey, Pastor, I just— Listen to this podcast. I, and... I saw these memes, and everyone's making fun of this. And just so you know, guys, I'm convinced that complaining to your pastor about not meeting on Sunday does not violate Hebrews' command to, to not be a burden to— to those who lead you 
right? Like, again, I can do the same thing with all those commands. Well, this, this case, I'm not doing that. Obviously, you could talk to your pastors or leaders who chose to cancel church in a way that would be sinful. Be respectful, right? Right. Be, honor them. Of course. Honor them as you approach them. This is not a, uh, But you know, asking a question of why we're canceling, yes. what our beliefs are about worship is not disrespectful. Not at all. Now, I don't want you to be disrespectful, but the 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 other hilarious issue, of course, is the world is watching, Pastor Michael. The world is watching. Today, the New York Times just published an article called, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful, Except When Christmas Falls on a Sunday. And they decide that they are, they just are noticing that there are thousands of Protestant churches across the country canceling on church. And, and right there, the secularists in New York, they're like, the secular New York Times. They're like, what are these people doing? Isn't this like their big day? Isn't like this <laughs> their thing? Oh, man. Why are they doing this? And I love, so here's a megachurch pastor's comment when he was asked, you know, so this megachurch, right? It says they have like eight um, uh, Christmas jam parties the week before, whatever those are, and five candlelight services at their six campuses the day before. And he said, you know, we still believe in the Sunday morning experience, but we have to meet people where they are. Was this was this one J.D. Greer? No, uh, we'll not? get down to him. Oh, we'll, oh, oh, we're not to his yet. Okay, I didn't but realize just, that just wasn't him. Just think about that. Like, what is that? <laughs> I, I don't know. Also, meet people where they are. Right. What if they are at your church on a Sunday morning? <laughs> your then you church, have your to multiple go. multiple campuses. You don't think that there's one person that would show up? You got to meet them. You have to meet them where they are. That's right. Oh, but I can't do that then. That's right, because I have presents I want to open. When I say meet people where they are, I mean meet people as I have time and desire to mm-hmm. do it, yep. <laughs> not actually meet them where they are. So so here's the shocker. Um, uh, so J.D. Greer actually also um, is quoted in the article. And this is this – is, we'll, we'll leave it here because we, we want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I hope J.D. Greer is going to church um, – but I on on Christmas I don't I this this article I think he says he's not didn't oh, okay. he say he's not well then I guess not a Merry Christmas to him I wish you a happy holidays <laughs> um, then so Sunday is the Lord's Day so I, again once you start there once you grant that I understand there are people who might differ with why I said worship on and Sunday is commanded yep that's true and that's and to those people I don't have a huge argument. My argument is with a person like J.D. Greer who says Sunday's the Lord's Day. If we agree on that, we agree Jesus owns the day. Jesus sets the parameters of the day. And then he says, so what does Jesus own the day for? And he says, and it ought be a day you spend with the family of Christ. So pretty clear, right? It seems pretty clear. J.D. Greer, the church's pastor, who was the president of the Southern Baptist Convention from 2018 to 2021. But I don't want to be the Pharisee of this generation, where I turn it into some kind of rule that there's never an exception. He pointed to the Bible's account of Jesus healing a man on the Sabbath in defiance of the local customs about the proper behavior on that day. Canceling church is not a free pass to ignore the day's spiritual significance, though, Mr. Greer, as Mr. Greer sees it. His family, he does say, oh man, his family will have a small worship service at their home using materials provided by their church, and then will take a walk in their neighborhood. 
They will also open presents, which is a family tradition, including an envelope addressed to Jesus with a donation to a charity or church inside. Mr. Greer said the decision to close had an echo. This is this is this is the amazing thing. Mr. Greer said the decision to close had an echo in his church's approach to the pandemic. When the Summit Church closed its facilities for most of 2020, you could almost look at the COVID, the lockdown, as a year of the exception. So everybody, remember when closing for COVID, this crazy exception, we'll never use this again? Oh, it's Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, (laughs) We are watching the slippery slope. You're just watching him slide right down. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Also, wow, Jesus. I, I, it is crazy to me. So this is actually where this problem with people think that, uh, that Pharisaism today means anybody who is drawing a hard line, anybody who That's says right. something dogmatically, but Jesus was dogmatic. I mean, go read the gospels. That's right. The, the apostles were dogmatic. It's not being sure of what you believe. It's not uh, It's not saying this is what the Lord says, and so we all need to follow this. That's right. It, it's not. That's, it's not drawing hard lines. Um, Pharisaism was more so the adding of your own traditions and giving them the authority and the weight as if they were God's commandments. Remember, Jesus didn't say, you know those scribes and Pharisees? Well, they're not righteous at all. That's right. He said your righteousness has to exceed That's right. their righteousness. He didn't say actually the bar is way lower. He said it's actually way higher than what they realize. But their problem was that they were adding uh, man-made traditions, right? They were they were willing to do things like tell people actually you don't have to care for your parents as long as you give in this particular way. As, are you saying it sounds something like? I know you don't have to go to church on Sunday, but that you have to keep the day having spiritual significance in your own heart. Right. As long as we do family stuff, as long as we give money away, as long as whatever it may be, as long as we go on an evangelistic walk. I don't know if that's what it is. Right. I don't know if that's what he was talking about. Southern Baptists love the prayer walk, so it could be that. Yeah, whatever it might be. I'm not even saying those things are bad. Nope. I think they could be lovely and wonderful, and I intend um, to open gifts with family on Christmas Day, on mm-hmm. Sunday, uh, after we worship with the rest of the saints at church, because that is uh, what we believe we've been commanded by God. And that's the difference, right? What has God actually commanded? What does What does the Scripture actually teach? That's the question. It's not a question of drawing hard lines or not. It's a question of who, like, who drew the lines, right? right? If God drew the line, if he made the commandment, then that's what we keep. That's what we seek to keep. Of course, we're not going to do it perfectly, but we're seeking to follow after him and what he has commanded us, not our own traditions. And just like the Pharisees, everyone sees the hypocrisy, right? The problem with the Pharisees is everyone sees the hypocrisy. And guess what? Everyone sees the hypocrisy of saying, I am celebrating the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ by not going to church. Everybody sees it. But if you are celebrating the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ this time of year, if you're celebrating it all year because you mark every day the same, Merry Christmas.
It's Merry Christmas from Restless. The 12 Days of Restless starts Monday when Restless becomes your favorite podcast because all the other ones are taking a break. So check back then.